a good meal is everything. It's everything. It's an experience. It's like watching a good film. It's like listening to your favorite song. Mm -hmm. It is a beautiful experience. It's a play to your palate. It's kissing your senses like there are zero regrets. And when I can have a fantastic meal that's just top notch, I'm all in. My name's Nicole Presley. I know that's a curious last name for a Latina, but yes, my dad is half Caucasian, half Mexican, and my mom is all Mexican. So that one fourth is my last name, Presley. Uh, you can find me on social media across the board on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook as Presley's Pantry. I've built my career on food. That's wonderful. Tell me about Presley's Pantry. If I have this correct, you're a vegetarian chef? I've been a vegetarian for a really long time, and most recently I started eating fish again. So oh, okay. I sort of wandered into the pescatarian. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I eat it all the time. Maybe like two or three times a month I'll have a little protein of some sort. Yeah. Hey, why not? So why? So you haven't always been vegetarian? Oh, oh, girl, no. Uh, okay. Like, <laughs> I always tell people like I ate enough meat to last me two lifetimes before I stopped eating meat. I had to stop. My uric acids had gone through the roof, wow. and some of my cousins they suffer from gout. And oh. I knew that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was the next step. If I didn't slow down, I just went cold turkey. Did you? Oh, Interesting. Yeah. I went cold turkey vegan four years ago. And it was, I guess, ill-advised. I found out later that it's not, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> But I did it anyway. Did you have any like emotional reactions to it? Really bad cravings for uh, what you used to eat? or Sometimes. Even today, I'll crave a sandwich, like a really good sandwich. Not everything. Like I can't, I, I went to Argentina and people were eating gigantic steaks and it didn't tempt me at all. Certain things from my childhood that I grew up on that I sometimes think, God, I wish I could have that. Yeah. Like what? Like the lamb sandwich from Philippe's mm. <laughs> or... Carnitas from Cinco Puntos. Oh, you know, yeah, like yeah, Those yeah, kinds yeah. of things, but like not every day. I, I understand. I surprisingly don't miss meat at all, but I miss cheese a lot. It was really difficult for me to give up cheese, but it just sits in my gut like a rock if I eat it. And it's not worth it for me anymore, but it is delicious. And mm -hmm. I have seen some of your videos of you making quesadillas and <laughs> I do want to eat them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I work for Real California Milk. We work with cheese all the time. And so yeah. is Presley's Pantry like a side business? Is it a business at all? Or is it just like you documenting cooking? Presley's Pantry is my brand. So what I'm recognized by 
in the social media world. Okay, so tell me about the beginnings of this. How long have you been doing it? I've been doing it since 2011. It started because I had been working doing marketing for a staffing firm. Even though it was generating a lot of money for the staffing firm, it was driving me crazy and I was there for long hours and it was just becoming too much. And then I got pregnant. I had a stillborn baby at nine months. So it was it was devastating. I'm sure. Um, At the time, I didn't have any other kids or I didn't have kids, period. I knew after that that I was on a mission to become a mom. I got pregnant six months later and I had our son, Max, who is now... 13. Mm-hmm. After I had Max, it was really difficult for me to get back into the groove of having these long hours at the staffing firm. And one day, Mondo says to me, Mondo is is my partner of 20 plus years, he mm-hmm. says to me, I know what you're going to do. You're going to start writing a blog. I didn't even know what that was. He's like, yes, start writing a blog. You love to cook and you're a natural storyteller. Like this is an easy, easy thing for you to do. And I'm like, and then what? And see what happens. I started writing a blog, I think like within the first two months of starting to pour my recipes into Presley's pantry, because that's what I named my blog. I started getting jobs. At that time, that's amazing. in 2011, the niche of having Latina recipe developers, or at that time, we weren't even called recipe developers, like bloggers, you mm-hmm. know, was so tiny compared to the general market. Yeah. I want to say there was a hundred of us. Yeah. You know, like tiny. So you're an OG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> it snowballed quickly from there, honestly, because... I developed a recipe and submitted it to a supermarket called Fresh and Easy at the time. I remember Fresh and Easy. Easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And out of, I think there was like 500 submissions or something, they chose the salad that I created and they packaged and sold it in store. That started to generate some buzz. And then from there, I think Target called and wanted to do some sort of campaign with me. And then... Because Target hired me, then Walmart hired me. And Walmart hired me not only to be what they called a Walmart mom, but also as a consultant. I would fly back and forth to Arkansas. It just got crazy. And then Disney, Disney hired me to start creating content for their website, Babbel. And at the time, they had like a division within their website babble that was like a little kitchen thing and they had no latina recipe developers so i was the first one that they hired just to create latin recipes the los angeles times did an article about me and you know what i was doing out of my east la kitchen so i was able to quit my job that's amazing (laughs) that's an incredible story i had no idea i'm learning this as the listeners are learning this oh my god i'm so impressed by you oh obviously you're talented but you also had timing on your side in the sense that like it was before everybody started to make content 
and do the blogging and do the recipes like that's this was before tiktok this yeah was, you know and it, even in the early stages of instagram because i think oh, yeah. that's around the same time that instagram got started. started you know at this point i have worked for so many different corporations like i became an ambassador for real california milk whom i still work with today wow. i did a ton of work for idaho potato commission do you I've, have a team that works with you or do you do everything yourself? At that point, I did everything myself. At this point, Mondo helps me with my videos. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say the videos are so hard. I didn't realize I was among royalty today. No, you're not. <laughs> I know. I really feel like I am. That That's very cutting edge. Like that's huge that you did that and that you were so successful at it and that so many people hired you. And we're not talking like little names here. We're talking like big corporations. So when you say they package your recipes, is it that you tell them how to make something and then they mass produce it? Mm -hmm. Wow. So I gave them my recipe, which probably feeds 10 people. They make the Frankenstein version of it and wow. like, you know, package it. Yeah. It's been a fun ride, to be honest with you. It sounds like it. I mean, that sounds like a dream. Are you local? I am. I live in East Los Angeles. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Are your roots here in LA too? Oh, yeah. Born so you, and raised. And you've been in California your whole life? My whole life. And where did you learn these recipes? I was raised in a household full of very young adults. Like my mom had me when she was 20. I was raised in the same household with her and some of her siblings and my grandfather who was always working. So there was very little cooking going on in my house growing up. So okay. my mom didn't cook, please. Like, really? And still doesn't. So, so what did you guys eat? I grew up on McDonald's. I grew up on like quesadillas. Wow. I grew up on grilled cheese sandwiches, top ramen. Yeah. I ate nothing. <laughs> I ate ketchup packages, you know, like wow. I think about it. But like, How interesting. I was really expecting you to say that you'd been inspired by somebody in your family who like cooked, but you're the pioneer. No, my mom did not cook. Nobody cooked. I mean, my grandfather would cook sometimes, but the things he made were not things that I wanted to eat, okay. especially as a child. Like, yeah. you know, he'd go outside and pick some weeds and like, who knows, make them with his beans and I don't know what else, you know, oh. like things that I wasn't Okay. Wanting to eat. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's interesting because my focus was very driven towards food, even at a young age. And I think it's because it wasn't happening in my house. Yeah. And I was hungry. Yeah. And I. You were craving was nutrition. Very, very curious about it. I come from a long line of artists. Like my mom's an artist. My uncle's an artist my aunt's an artist my grandfather was an artist in his own right so everybody was very creative in my household it was my art it was my way of expressing myself and at the same time nurturing myself so I started cooking when I was really young like eight nine wow. and this was before the food network this was before I mean so I'm, did you just wing it completely i just started trying to figure out what to do I, I was also like a really curious kid and super involved in the neighbor's lives and you know all up in everyone's mix because i lived with adults i was comfortable with adults i would go to the neighbor's house and watch her cook or you know like oh. and and then be like oh okay yeah i can do that 
that's how I started. Do you remember what the first thing you made was? Uh, chilaquiles. Oh my God, that's a real deal right there. <laughs> well, it was. That's not even an easy one. Did you make the chips from scratch? No. Okay. No, maybe I did. Because I'm thinking about it. Like I used to go down the street to King's Market, which was in City Terrace, and like buy Las Palmas enchilada sauce and use that. And I'm sure I probably did make my own you know, with corn tortilla and just cheese and just easy. That is so impressive <laughs> that your first meal was chilaquiles. Sounds tasty. All right. Was this kind of like an escape for you, you think? Did it make you feel good? Uh, yeah. I liked living in my own little bubble of cooking, and it was something I was good at. It encouraged me. Did you start cooking for your family, or it was still just for you? I think it was just for me. As I got older, like I'd say in my early teens, I started buying Pillsbury cake mix and Mm -hmm. started making cakes and frosting them and Mm -hmm. having fun with that. I loved being in the kitchen. And when I would be at my aunt's house who did cook, I'd beg her to let me get involved. Anything. Let me chop. Let me mold popcorn balls, even though they're going to burn my hands. I mean, anything. She did. And the same when I'd go to my dad's house. They were incredible cooks at my dad's house. So I was like a sponge. I would just sit there and watch or ask to help anything. Can I please bread masa? Oh, you guys are making tamales. Let me get in there. Let me let me make wow. tamales with you. Did you ever go to school for like any culinary, anything? No, completely self-taught, completely just out of experience. Yeah. We, uh, last year I published my first cookbook. <sighs> And so cool. I mean, you can get it anywhere on Amazon. You could get it at Target or Walmart online. You can get it at any bookstore. It's at Romans. Every when, time I go in there, I get so happy because I see yes. it. So <laughs> when did you start writing the book? Uh, during the pandemic. Do you encourage other people to write books? Do you think it's easy? No. Or do you, no. No. <laughs> you think it was hard? I felt for myself that I wanted to start with sweets. My book's called Viva Desserts. I wanted to make sure, even though I was doing Mexican desserts, that I emphasize that I'm Mexican-American. There's the purists out there who are going to come for you and be like, well, that's not how we do it in such and such in my family. And mm-hmm. so it's impossible for me not to blend my two cultures together. Sure. You know. There's a lot of recipes in the book, and a lot of them are traditional, but a lot of them are reinvented, too. Like, I did Mm -hmm. a strawberry pistachio flan, Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, you're not going to find that at the Mexican restaurant, but you'll find it in my book, because those are are such American flavors, even though they are Mexican, too, not really celebrated that way in Mexico. Yeah, well, I love that. I love that you put your own spin on it. I mean, why make a cookbook of recipes that everybody already knows? Mm Mm-hmm. Putting your own spin on it, I think, is what makes it unique. Of course, there's the just a plain flan recipe in there, too. But why not just have a little bit of fun? Strawberry with it? Yeah. and pistachio in there, too. No, I agree. That sounds really tasty. <laughs> <laughs> this interview is going to make me hungry. I feel like my blog, because I started in 2011, I feel like it doesn't get the same amount of love that I had first put in it when I first started. And some of the stuff seems prehistoric to me at this point like all things i feel like food has evolved a lot even in the last 10 years and 
we're constantly changing things. If you think about, let's say, enchiladas, and you yeah. think about how they were made when you were a child versus how they're made now, it's not the same. Do you think that has to do with the fact that nutrition has become more of a discussion in homes? I think at least when I was growing up, nutrition was not a thing or right. nobody was discussing it in my house. I I lived with a bunch of people in the medical field and it still wasn't discussed. Mm. It was like everybody was drinking soda. Nobody was drinking water. Chips were a staple. Right. Junk was a staple. In the last 10, 15 years, I think there's been a shift, especially here in California, to push people towards like a plant-based diet or gluten-free or sugar-free and keto, paleo, all of it. And so in order to keep up with that, have you had to kind of alter some of those recipes so as to like intrigue those who eat really clean? I feel like I eat pretty clean. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a vegan, but I do tend to like to eat pretty clean. So it Mm -hmm. definitely just with with how I've shifted how I eat, so has my recipe development. Of course. But I also think it's what's accessible to us. Could anybody pick up this cookbook and say, like, this is going to be easy? Yeah. And I think that I approached the cookbook with that in mind, that I wanted the novice to be able to pick it up, but I also wanted somebody who was more advanced to also be able to find something that was challenging there. And I think I also went about it in a very whimsical way where Mm -hmm. I wanted it to feel light and not feel complicated and for people to take joy in it. Is that your first book? It is. Wow. It is not a stiff cookbook at all. It is a cookbook that has quality recipes in it, Mm -hmm. but from a very easygoing approach. That sounds like my kind of cookbook. (laughs) There are a few vegan recipes in it. Nice. Not that many, but there are. That's okay. I don't think it's possible. And even the ones that I have, like it's really complicated to try and make something that resembles cheese. You know, we have like the cashew sauces and the sauces are easy, but like to make something that resembles a block of cheese. Right. That's a process. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of digestive problems. So that was mostly the reason that I went vegan is because I wanted to like get my gut in check. Mm -hmm. And then when I started to eat vegan, I just cut everything out that I wasn't supposed to eat, but I didn't really know what I was supposed to be eating. I just figured, well, if I'm not having these things, then I should be okay. And Mm -hmm. for the first year or so, I was okay. And then slowly I started to realize like, I'm back in these digestive issues. Like what else is it that I need to cut out? And so cooking at home has been really helpful for me. I've been learning a lot about what to do in the kitchen. I grew up in a house where my grandma cooked, but she didn't have the patience. Mm. If I tried to approach her at cooking time, it it wasn't an environment that was conducive to learning. Mm. Long story short, I have had to learn how to make foods that are kind of easy on my gut. And I think that I could probably make a cheese that resembles cheese, but it would take quite a bit. Not to mention that a lot of the ingredients are are hard to find or not accessible at every market. Really, really expensive. Yeah. Being vegan can be a less expensive option because you're obviously not spending money on meat, which is the most expensive thing at the market. Right. 
<clears throat> but if you try and eat out as a vegan, or if you're trying to buy things that are already made, like the fake meats, the impossible, the beyond, like all that stuff is they're upcharging like crazy. Right. And if you go to a restaurant and you try and get an impossible burger, it's like $5 over the regular burger. Which you're like, why? Why? Yeah. What for? So right. very frustrating. Um, the vegan life is hard. Not glamorous at all. And sometimes people, like, they'll, they'll be impressed that I'm vegan. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't. <laughs> Do it. Whatever you do, don't. <laughs> Unless well, no you wonder your skin's flawless. Oh, thank you. That's really nice. Do you like un solo sol? Yes. I love them. They have a almond date shake. My God, it was so good that I made one here at home today. Oh, are you happy? So happy. <laughs> I love food. I love food. So do I. We covered a lot of your professional life, and I'm super into it. I'm very impressed by you and everything that you've done. But you did mention something at the beginning of this, which is that you are somebody that all of your friends come to for love advice. <laughs> Where does this stem from? I think most of my friends come to me for love advice because I don't judge them. I try and tell them to either take the high road or stick it out or it does it just depends on the situation but i can't tell you i think like five or six texts a day from various people and like i'm not only talking about young people i'm talking about women older than me i'm talking about women my age mm -hmm. i'm talking about people and not only women men too yeah like, about what like give me some examples here <laughs> bring it to the podcast <laughs> oh my god i want to do a podcast of just like not food related just yeah. love advice that's so funny love advice is always in demand people need i think validation in their relationships myself included because there's this idea in our heads, a lot of us, that love should look a certain way, right. that relationships should resemble a certain something. And if they don't resemble that every single second, it like a panic ensues a little bit. And it's like, is this normal? Am I supposed to be feeling this way? Is it supposed to be not perfect sometimes? <laughs> it depends on how long you've been in a relationship too. And it's a roller coaster. Yeah. And they're not always going to be at the top. That's true. And it takes so much work. And it's a job. And if you're not nurturing it, it will go away. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So when did you start giving love advice? Forever. Oh, Forever. I'm Cupid for sure. Like, oh, have I, you set some people up as well? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we have a, a chef and a matchmaker. Oh, I wish. I wish. That's my dream job to be a matchmaker. I love it. I, you know, it's fun. It's thrilling for people. And I'm not only talking about the initial spark and the initial chemistry. I'm talking about even the long haul. I've been with my partner for 20 plus years. And you guys are not married. We're not married. And you don't want to be married. We have a 13-year-old son. We lived together for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's any rush, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you think you will eventually get married? Maybe. But we it's got not a We got engaged like 15 years ago and just... That's it. Maybe yeah. that's enough. I don't think it's going to change anything. Yeah. 
That makes sense. Like for us, there's it's not going to make or break our relationship. It's not going to make it stronger mm-hmm. and it's not going to diminish it. So yes. I don't know why we would need to do that. Why do we need that formality in place? For sure. I think it matters to some people and other people feel just like you. I feel like I've met equal amounts of people who say, I need it. I need the ring on my finger. I need the wedding day. I need the whole bit. And then people who are like, no, I I really don't need it. I'm okay with this current state of affairs. I've never been married. That's that's wonderful. <laughs> I or Ralph- divorced. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> that's a success story right there. Mm-hmm. Ralph and I got married um, because I needed to share my benefits with him. We had been dating for three years. I had every intention of spending the rest of my life with him. Like, I just knew that that's how our relationship was going to be. And then he got laid off during COVID. And it was a little scary during those times. And so he lost his benefits. I thought that I could add him onto my benefits because we had filed a domestic partnership. Right. But when I went to go put him on the benefits, they said that a domestic partnership doesn't count. That you have to be married. And this was a week before benefits went into effect. So I said, Ralph, I can't put you on this unless we're married. Do you want to just get married real quick? (laughs) (laughs) And so we had a backyard wedding at my aunt's house. We planned it in four days. And uh, we got married with a crowd of like 20 people during COVID. Wow. Yep, that was it. I love it. It was very cool. It was very cool. I went to a few big weddings after that and I thought like, oh man, should I have done the big deal? And I was like, no, it was was perfect. And it was us. It was like, it's what we wanted. You know, I think about like if I did have a wedding, like let's say I decided to have a wedding I, would, I just think about the party part and I think, well, I can have a party anytime I want. Yeah. Parties are fun, but that is, that's the appeal, right? It's the party and the people that you really love all coming together and having open bar and delicious food. And that's really like what makes or breaks a wedding is like the food, the drinks, the vibes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they're nice. I've, I've been to a few nice weddings, but I don't know. We just don't, we just don't do it. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. It works, right? Yeah. Oh my God, it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you guys just have one son. We only have one son, okay. Max. Aww. Yeah. Is he He's great? taller than me and Mondo. Oh, is he also, has he taken after you? Is he making food? What's his creative role on the planet? He has an extremely picky palate. Oh, so, mm-hmm. okay. It's interesting because his friends will come over and I'll make a spread of desserts and like mm. strawberry lemonade and like just everything, right? Okay. Yep. And he's just casual about it. He's like, whatever. He's like, I don't uh, even care. And his friends freak out like, oh my God, Max, we can't believe you have this in your house and you're not, you know. Yeah. And he's just... I am also jealous of Max. That sounds amazing. (laughs) And I'm the opposite. You know, if that was my life when I was his age, I would have been thrilled over the moon. You know, just like I tell him, oh my God, what I would have done to have somebody making homemade pie with a homemade pie crust when I was a kid. You know, that was not happening in my house. (laughs) No, no, I get it. Is he musical at all? 
He knows how to play guitar and he's really good on drums, but those things are not him. He's okay. like extremely into sports. Okay. And he loves basketball. I didn't grow up into sports. I mean, I love the Dodgers and went to Dodger games as a kid and, yeah. you know, all my life. But yeah. I wasn't into, I'm not into sports the way he's into sports. So a lot of times like he's rolling off stats and I'm thinking he's, he's speaking Japanese to me right yeah. now. Like, I, don't, I don't even know what the heck he's talking about. I don't know anything about sports. No. Nothing. I'm not a fangirl of anyone. I pledge allegiance to no one. <laughs> I hear people talking about all the sports. I don't know what you're saying. I go to Dodger games sometimes for the community. Mm -hmm. You know, I like going there because like everybody's having a good time and eating and drinking. But that's about it for me. Neither does Ralph, which is one of the things that really drew me to him. I was like, what? You're not into sports, huh? Mm -hmm. I like that. How did you guys meet? So I had a Halloween party back in 2017, I want to say. Mm -hmm. And I was in a relationship at the time. It was not a good relationship. I knew that. And I was like at the tail end of it just being like, how do I get out of this? This is not serving me at all. So me and that boyfriend, we had a Halloween party and a few friends came and they said, oh, could we invite a few of our friends? And I was like, yeah, the more the merrier, honestly, just like anybody who's not this guy. <laughs> and so Ralph showed up. He was dressed as the devil, painted okay. red. He had little horns and everything. And the second he walked in, I was like, who is that guy? Mm. And... Um, somebody introduced me to him. We were just kind of chatting. My boyfriend at the time did not care. I was kind of venting about my situation. Like, man, I, I don't know how to get out of this. To Ralph? To Ralph and like a group of people that wow. I was sending. Ralph was listening, but it wasn't just to him. Mm -hmm. After that party, I didn't see him again. I broke up with that guy. And then we both got invited to the same birthday party. And he offered to buy me a drink. And, and he, he wasn't the devil that night. He was not the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he may have been, but he wasn't dressed as the devil. Right. <laughs> so he bought me a drink. And actually, now that I think about it, I may have still been in the relationship because he bought me a drink and said, you should break up with that guy. <sighs> and I was like, oh, that's very forward. Mm -hmm. um, and I did. And not because he told me to, but because it was you just time. to, yeah. And then like a few months later, I went out with his friend, a couple of his friends, and I asked about him. I was like, so what's the deal with Ralph? And they were like, oh, do you like him? And I was like, oh, no, I mean, he's cute or whatever. No big deal. And they said, we'll invite him out. He'll come out. And I was like, no, you don't have to invite him. But they did. And so we that all went to this. Night that same night? That same night. Oh, wow. And, uh, we, and he came? The three of us went to a karaoke bar and he was not there. I didn't know that he was going to show up. I got on stage. I was singing karaoke and halfway through the song, he walks up and what he's like, what were you singing? I was singing Bob Marley's Waiting in Vain. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so he walked in and was so impressed with my song choice. And I was like, oh my God, it's him. And he's watching me sing. Oh no. So then I got, I mean, he was super supportive and sweet and he wanted to buy me a drink, but he needed my ID to go and get a drink at the bar. He took my ID and he never gave it back. And I didn't realize that he didn't give it back. And so the next day I was like. Do you think he did that purposely? He admits that he did it on purpose. <laughs> and it was so that he could get me to come out again. 
And then we just started dating after that. Nice. It was nice. It was cool. It was like the first relationship that felt very easy. Mm-hmm. I Because I was fresh out of a relationship, I told him, I was like, we can hang out, but we're not going to have sex because I'm going to catch all the feelings and I don't want to. So no sex, but we can hang out. Nice. And he agreed. He actually got to know me instead of making me a notch on his belt. All right. That's what you have to do sometimes. Yeah, that is. That is. Sometimes that is what you have to do mm-hmm. is just hold out. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult, but it also was so good for my mind because I was like, honestly, the second I have sex with him, I'm going to want to be his girlfriend and I'm going to be like really clingy. And I didn't want that. How about you and your partner? I met him at my 18th birthday party. I said that my I'm my mom's only child, but I'm... My dad has five five children in total. The eldest of that tribe is my is my brother Rich. And okay. at the time him and Mondo were friends. I was having an 18th birthday party. He walked in with my brother mm-hmm. and I didn't know him and the party was wild. There were tons of people there. And at one point I get my brother alone and I'm like, "Oh, who's your friend?" Yeah. <laughs> and he says, he was just in the Madonna Cherish video. He's one of the mermen in the Madonna Cherish video. And I'm what? like, what? I'm all, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And of course, I mean, at that time when Madonna came out with Cherish, I mean, everybody knew. And I was like, he's the merman with the long hair, the only one in the, in the video who has long hair because Mondo had long hair at the time. And I said, oh, my God. He is so cute. Mm-hmm. He's so hot. And yeah. he's like he's like, Oh, he said you were really cute too. Oh and, and that's all I had to hear. Like I literally like pushed my brother to the side <laughs> and beelined toward him. <laughs> and I think I was being really snarky. And if I think back about it, I was like some skinny lollipop dorky nerdy type of girl. And I went up to him and I just said, Well, it's my birthday, and you haven't come to wish me a happy birthday, and you're oh. at my party. Wow. <laughs> Very and, bold. And he was like, oh, okay, well, happy birthday. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, you should have done that when you walked in. Mm-hmm. Where are your manners? Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, we dated, like, for maybe, like, two weeks or something after that. And then he said I was too young for him and blah, 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 because okay. I had just turned 18 and he was about to be 21. And he just was oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And plus much he was, older and man. Who knows, you know, <laughs> he's probably involved with who knows who at that time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I didn't see him for years, mm. like many years. And I know he was married in that in that time span. And then once he was going through his divorce or it was final we started seeing each other around town again and i was in a band with my aunt my aunt is um how cool you were also in a band i was in my own band for many years but then my aunt she has a very popular band called mazzy star oh yes yeah so my aunt is hope sandoval and oh at the time she was doing a solo project and mm. i joined her i was on tour with her i played keyboards i did backing vocals 
Jeez. So it was it was interesting because he was also in he was also in a band and our paths kept on crisscrossing like mm-hmm. I'd be in New York, he was in New York, I'd be here, he was there. So like it was it was interesting because I'd be like, Well, I'm gonna be in this town next and if you wanna meet me, I'll be here mm-hmm. and or you can come to the show. Yeah. So we went back and forth that way and then when I got back from that tour he just picked me up from the airport and was like okay i'm done with you trying to be single like you are not single anymore i'm wow. like oh really like how are you gonna change that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i, I knew it. that like, there was probably i mean he's ex- especially then was super good looking and mm. there were probably a bevy of women throwing themselves at him he was successful musician and a rock band and mm-hmm. i just played the same dang wonderful story you have so many good stories <laughs> what advice do you have for someone who's in your position back in 2011 maybe wanting a change do something that you really want to do like i think if you're going to leave your job mm-hmm. or a job that offers you stability do something that you absolutely love because that's going to eventually generate work for generate money for you or make mm-hmm. it monetary for you. The podcast theme is vulnerability. Mm. People come and talk about something that they feel is going to help other people feel less alone. So everybody kind of shares a little something that is like a piece of who they are and show their humanity. For me, vulnerability right now is coming to terms with aging, what it looks like and perimenopause and how it's affecting me and how getting to this point seems like I was a child yesterday. It's interesting because there's part of me that is still super interested in like current events and pop culture and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But when you're this age... My kid tells me all the time, like, oh, you don't know, you're old. Oh. <laughs> and I laugh. I laugh <laughs> when he tells me that because I'm like, actually, because I'm old, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, That's hard. Oh, oh, yeah. It's harsh. When did that feeling start for you? I think it started right when we went into the pandemic because okay. I felt like, oh, my God, we're going into the pandemic. Like, these are my, these are the last of my good summers. Like, what are you talking about? You yeah. know, I think it's interesting too, when I go and see performers that I loved growing up and I go and see them performing now. And I think, oh no, like we are not in a good place. <laughs> really? You uh, think like, it's not a good place or you just like think it's a different place? It's a different place. It's definitely a different place. I mean, what I change, what I know now versus what I knew in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I love getting older in the sense that I become wiser. I think every year I look back at the old me and I think, gosh, she didn't know anything. Or she didn't know what she thought she knew. Mm-hmm. But the reason I asked when that started for you is because I feel like I don't feel old, you know, and I'm not like I, I feel like I have so many good years still you to do, live. Girlfriend. <laughs> Last year, 
I I hosted a wine and cheese night here. And one of my coworkers brought his girlfriend and she was like in her early 20s. And this girl was a bombshell. She walks in and her boobs are like just under her chin. Body's tight everywhere, everywhere. And she's just like turning heads. She walks at your cheese and wine event. Yeah. And and people are just like, you know, you can tell that people are admiring Mm -hmm. this woman. I was like, oh, like it hurt me in my core to feel like, oh, shit. Am I like becoming obsolete? And and I felt it for the first time ever. I felt like, oh, no, I'm not like one of the young women at the party anymore. I remember Ralph, I remember Ralph like looking at her and it was probably nothing. You know, it was probably, he looked at her as much as I looked at her. But even so, I was like, oh my God, he was looking at her and he thinks she's hotter than me. And I started just going through this really negative cycle in my head. I thought to myself, I had this urge to be catty a little bit. I had this urge to not be friendly because I felt envious and I, I like had this moment where I coached myself and I was like, you are not going to be unfriendly to this girl just because you feel a little envious that she's got like great boobs. And so I went out of my way to like to celebrate nice. her and even tell her like, oh my gosh, like you're so hot. <laughs> Ever since then, I feel like I have these moments where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the spring chicken. Like I feel like even though I'm still young that I, I'm already in a place where I feel like Man, I'm not like the young girl anymore. She's going to feel that way too. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Because that, I mean, no, nothing lasts forever. Nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. Like everything is temporary. I think I was listening to NPR the other day and they were talking about like how the sun in I don't know how many years, billions of years will eat the earth. Mm-hmm. And I think like, okay, you know, the stars stars eat each other and they were saying like the sun will either get so close to us that it will burn up everything here or it'll just gobble us up. And I thought, and with that, we're gone. Yeah. And any trace of us is gone. Yeah. And so <laughs> even even the earth is temporary. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. So that's what you're coping with right now. Yeah. And I think, I think like it's interesting because I'm always in my head thinking, oh yeah, like I'm going to, I'm going to, if I go dress shopping or, you know, shopping in general, I forget that I'm not a size six anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, here's my size. Actually, no girlfriend, that's not your size. Put it back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, And it's just like. Wow, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to just get in shape in you yeah. know month time. Like, yeah. no, no, you're not. No, that's gonna take some time. Yeah, I have a girlfriend who she's about to be forty, and she's always gone on these like fasts and where she could like drink I don't know like this lemon water with with cayenne in it and honey and i don't know what for so many days and oh yeah that's called the tons um, of weight that's i forget what that's called i've done it god i'm sad to admit and she's done it like since i've known her she's done it and lost 20 pounds lost 10 pounds like just crazy style right yeah she's been trying to do that lately and she's about to be 40 
and she did it for, I think, 10 days or something. And she said she lost less than a pound. Oh, and she's God. like, I don't know what's happening. This has always worked. I said, it's called 40. <laughs> That's what it's called, honey. Like, you can't do that anymore. It's yeah. not going to work. Yeah. Like it did in your 20s or 30s. Like, yeah. it's not going to. Your body's like, ha, ha, ha. This is a fun torture chamber you're putting yourself through because seriously, we're not, we're not for this. Would you say that you have a healthy relationship with food? I have a very healthy relationship with food. I mm-hmm. do not have a healthy relationship with sweets. Um, okay. But, but, but what do you mean? I am 100% addicted to sugar. Mm, I think most people are. No? And I love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. But do you feel guilty when you eat it? No. Okay. I feel Go happy when I eat Good. It. Well, that's what I mean by healthy is that you don't have like these feelings of guilt or shame when you eat. No, okay. I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, I, before I came here, I was like, oh, I need a, I need a piece of chocolate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that my relationship with food is shifting to a feeling of joy instead of shame. I used to be really hard on myself. And like if I ate something, I air quotes was not supposed to eat. I had all this guilt and now I'm like, if I'm eating this, I'm going all the way. I'm eating it. I'm owning it. And that's it. Like, I'm not going to put myself through the ringer Mm -hmm. for making a choice to eat something. No, I have a friend. Her name is Ji Young and she's a Korean girl who I met many, many moons ago. And when I met her, her parents would come to visit from Korea and they were they were very wealthy and they would take us out to eat at these like fancy, fancy restaurants. And they didn't speak English and I didn't speak Korean. And Ji Young would tell me, oh my God, my parents say they love eating with you because when you eat, you dance. <laughs> and I'm like, really? She's like, Yes, like I don't even think you realize it, but that you get so happy like your and your tails wagging. Yeah, and <laughs> and I think about it, and I do. Like a good meal is everything. It's everything. It's an experience. It's like watching a good film. It's like listening to your favorite song. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful experience it's a play to your palate it's kissing your senses like there are zero regrets and when i can have a fantastic meal that's just top notch i'm all in i'll unbutton mm-hmm. my pants to make room oh, because yeah. we need we need to have this this yes. is this is joy this is pleasurable yes agreed agreed it is such a beautiful thing to have a delicious meal just having an appreciation for different flavor profiles or appreciating things that maybe I didn't eat when I was a kid and now I find mm-hmm. them irresistible. Have you had the Marcona almonds that have truffle salt on them from Trader Joe's? No, but say more. So good. Lately, I've been having Brazil nut filled dates. Oh. With a pumpkin seed butter, cardamom, cinnamon, and a little sprinkle of Himalayan salt. Yay. And are you making this yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. I make it here at home. It's like my little power snack. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I've been seeing a lot of date caramel lately. They're putting 
dates and like a food processor and making it almost into a puree. And yes. then they're making chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm. and putting that date caramel inside and like enclosing it and uh-huh. then yep. baking it. And when you bite into it, it creates like a caramel. Oh, yup. I was really into making cornbread muffins during mm. the holidays. Mm. The recipe does not call for cheese. It's called chow and they have a Mexican blend cheese. I know it. So I made the cornbread muffins with the cornmeal and some apple cider vinegar, almond milk. Before I put them in the oven, in the batter, I mixed the Mexican blend cheese and I chopped up jalapenos to give it some spice. Mm -hmm. And then on top, I put some more cheese so that it gets like kind of crispy at the top. Sounds dreamy. It was. And then on the side, I made a maple butter with just vegan butter and maple syrup. Ooh. (laughs) Probably November to February, I was making those cornbread muffins. Is your husband vegan too? No. No, he's not. He eats vegan when he's here because I'm cooking vegan and that's what there is. And so that's what he'll eat. But if we leave this house, he is an asada, carnitas. (laughs) He's in all of it. He loves it. And pizza. I'm always telling him like, just get the vegan pizza. It's going to be, it's going to taste the same. What is your favorite thing to cook? Do you have one? To cook or to eat? Ooh, both. I like to bake. Okay. So it depends. I think I go through I go through phases. Like right now I'm really into making coffee cakes. Oh or hell yeah. <laughs> like <Sounds> so good. <laughs> But I love a good chile relleno. Mm-hmm. I love chile rellenos. So right now you're into making coffee cake as your dessert and then chile relleno as your savory dish. Okay, so now the favorite foods to eat. You can do a savory dish and a dessert. Okay. I like cheese. Yeah. Are we talking breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Oh, good question. You can answer for all. <laughs> um, I love having hash browns in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like homemade hash browns though ideal breakfast for me is a flour tortilla with avocado hash browns sunny side up egg Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. morning star sausage (laughs) that's happiness for me (laughs) what about lunch anything from like fish flautas to korean barbecue Mm -hmm. so it just depends on my mood you know, I'm born and raised in L.A. Like, I feel like I'm so lucky that I live in the melting pot of food. And it's not always Mexican. It's just, it's everything yes. mm-hmm. at our fingertips. Yes, I agree. Do you have a favorite dessert? If for the rest of my life I had to eat one thing and I couldn't, it, you know, it would be a cookie. Okay. The cookie is so versatile it mm-hmm. is underrated like people don't think oh i'm gonna have cookies today they think i'm gonna have like this grandiose cake or mm-hmm. some you know ice it cream. has to have ice cream or blah 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 blah. no mm-hmm. it's just a cookie yeah i love ice cream me too i miss ice cream a lot i sometimes will have a vegan ice cream but it's not the same salt and straw during some seasons has like a strawberry coconut something that has like these cheese vegan cheesecake crumbs in there 
And that will just send me to the moon. <laughs> Other than that, I haven't really been able to nail uh, like a vegan ice cream. Thank you for talking food with me today. This is one of my favorite topics in the world. <laughs> I think that people who love food are automatically A-OK in my book. Like it just <laughs> means that everything's all right mentally with you. Like you you have your priorities in order. Right. <laughs> you know what's right. Yes. Are you, what sign are you, Erica? I'm a Virgo. Ah, okay. Yeah. Why? Why do you ask? I get asked this a lot. I don't know about signs. I don't know. I also don't feel like I'm a traditional Virgo, but I could be wrong. You could tell me. I don't know. Like... Do you like things to be in order? And No, I'm so chaotic. Like, I don't even plan these podcasts. Uh, that's what I hear. Like, there's like a perfectionism and uh, like everything has to be just so. And I don't feel like I'm that way at all. I really don't. I have, I have a few friends who are Virgo who are chaotic, but perfectionists. Um... Like they have crazy disarray, but they're also very, they have really high expectations about certain things. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do. I guess. Yeah, I have very high expectations of the people who are closest to me, I would say. And sometimes I catch myself having too high of an expectation and I'm like, I need to scale that back. (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't think I'm a perfectionist about my art. With my writing, I think at some point, maybe I used to put a lot of pressure on myself. Like, no, it has to be perfect in order for me to put my writing out there. And then I was like, no, it doesn't. It's fine. I'm just going to do it. The podcast, like first episode, I was so afraid to release it because I was like, this isn't good. It's not going to be good, but it'll never be good if I don't keep at it. So I've accepted that it is what it is. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining. This was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy that I got to meet you and get to know you. Yes, I'm sure you'll be back again. We'll have you again. You can talk some more food with us. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Thank Thank you. you. Podcast out.